0: John chapter 7 beginning in verse 1. And after these things Jesus walked in Galilee for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him depart hence and go into Judea that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither his brethren believe in him. Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hateth, but me it hateth. Because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up unto the feast, I go not up yet unto the feast, for my time is not yet full come. And when he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. And then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, he is a good man. Others said, nay, but he deceiveth the people. Howbeit no man spake openly Of him for fear of the Jews. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. We come before you asking you to bless this service. May everything we say this morning and do bring honor and glory to you, Lord. Lord, I pray as I preach the word, you'll give me the words to say that I might present Christ. And Lord, I would proclaim your word boldly this morning. And Lord, there's one here today that knows you not. This will be the day of salvation for them before it's too late. And Father, you've heard the request, spoken and unspoken in our hearts. Father, we just lay our petitions before you and seek that your will be done with these requests. Father, again, may you speak to hearts today. May you have your way in our hearts and lives. Again, Father, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you. For the assurance that we have, those of us that are washed in the blood and belong to you. For it's in Christ's name we ask these things this morning. Amen. This morning I'd like to speak to you a little bit about Jesus. Isn't he the only one we're supposed to be bragging on? Isn't he worth bragging on? Jesus is worth bragging on. In fact, he's the only one that we can brag on. We can't brag on each other because you know why? We're flawed. But Jesus was never flawed. He's God in the flesh. So I want to speak to you a little bit on the subject of who is this man? Now, our text takes place during the Feast of the Tabernacles. Now, we're not going to spend a lot of time on the feasts because that's not what I want to do. I want to get right into the message about what the thoughts were about Jesus the man. But remember, there were three feasts that were required every year for the disciples to go to Jerusalem. Y'all know what they were. The Feast of Tabernacles, Pentecost, and the Passover. Those three things, all the Jews were required to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem every year. But as I said, will not any time on the feast itself but this is the time frame it was during the feast of the tabernacles and with that said let's get into it look at verse 1 again and after these things Jesus walked in Galilee for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him now first of all notice the sentiment of, of the people notice the Jesus wouldn't even go into Jerusalem at that time because, after all, people continued, especially the Pharisees and the religious elite of that day, to condemn Him. They sought to kill Him. Why? Because He had a following. And they didn't like that. And because of who He claimed to be. You see, they didn't recognize him as the Christ. Oh, they had their ideas, some of them, that, oh, well, he was a good man, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But they didn't recognize Jesus for who he is. Let me just tell you right now. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He was the Christ that came into the world to redeem man. And you must either accept Him or reject Him. If you accept Him by the authority of God's Word, I can tell you this morning, when you die, you're going to heaven. If you reject Him by the authority of the Word of God, you will be eternally separated from Him in a place called hell forever and ever. And if you decline to make a decision, you're still rejecting him lots of folks out there won't make a decision oh I'll wait around I have to be convinced what is there to be convinced about what do you really have to lose you have nothing to lose and everything to gain by trusting him in simple childlike faith for salvation Aren't you thankful salvation isn't earned? If it had to be earned, let's go home. There's no need in even trying if we have to earn our way. No, no, no. Jesus came into the world to fulfill the Father's will. What was the Father's will? That he die for our sins and take upon himself God's judgment so that we might be reconciled to the Father through His atoning death on the cross. So simple. But yet, lots of folks still don't understand, do they? It's just like the religious Jews back then. They didn't want to understand. You see, to them, we got to get rid of Him. And the reason Jesus didn't walk there in Jerusalem during the feast at that very moment was because the Jews sought to kill him. Sad commentary. They sought to kill him. But I will say this. You know, Jesus wasn't going to put on a circus and go there. Because the Jews would have did nothing but disrupt and continually try to get their hands on him. So what did Jesus do now? Y'all go ahead. I'll minister over here in these little outlying areas. You see, he wasn't afraid of the Pharisees and the religious elite of that day. He wasn't scared at all. But he ministered with every opportunity that God would give him wherever it was he could take the gospel can I say this believe it or not yes Las Vegas needs ministering too yes Las Vegas needs to hear the gospel but listen we are to take the gospel any and every place doesn't just have to be here How many of us go back home for vacation or we go out of town for this or that? Everywhere we go, we're supposed to take the light with us, correct? Amen. So, notice what it says. And after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry because because the Jews sought to kill him. Now, the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. And now... It's a little surprising to me. Look at verse 3. His brethren, we're not talking about his disciples, we're talking about his half-brothers here. His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. Wow, it doesn't sound like they were looking out for their brother. They had, you know, everybody knew that the Jews were after Jesus. And his half-brethren thought, Hey, go to Jerusalem. Perform a miracle or two. Just show the people. You know what I think? I think the reason they were wanting him to go to Jerusalem. No, they didn't want him hurt. That was their brother, half-brother. But I believe they wanted him to go and perform a few miracles So that people, that great multitude that showed up for the feast, would say, hey, they're the brother of Jesus. They might get a little fame coming their way. But you know, we point fingers at them. But we're no different. A lot of folks will... will. uh, A lot of folks will say they belong to Christ and they love the Lord, but they're out for their own selves, for their fame, their fortune. How many ministries are like that? They don't care about redemption. They don't care about getting folks saved. They just want their name recognized. They just want to be somebody. And a lot of them want gain, material gain. They're not in it for souls. So they're saying, Perform a miracle or two. And then maybe they'll leave us alone. And maybe they'll recognize this as somebody. Look at the next verse. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret. And he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. Brother, go on to Jerusalem. That's the point, right? You're to perform miracles. That's who you claim to be. Do some miracles. And we'll see what we can get out of it. Can I ask you a question this morning? What Are you getting out being a child of God? Eternal life, right? You're not doing it for gain. You're not doing it to be seen. You're doing it because you love the Lord and for what he did for you. You know, being a Christian is the hardest thing I've ever done. It's still a struggle every day. The devil is constantly throwing punches. The devil is constantly trying to discourage. Oh, what's the use? What's the use? See, we get it in our mind because we go through through things. We must have done something wrong. Can I tell you? God allows things to come in our path because it's supposed to strengthen us and draw us to him. Not because we did anything wrong. That's just part of his plan and his purpose. But here is the thing. Sometimes, what am I going to get out of this? You remember the disciples went to Jesus and said, Lord, we've forsaken everything, left our homes, our families. What do you got waiting for us when we get to heaven? There's a lot of folks that have that attitude. You know what? Just to have my sins forgiven and to be washed by the blood and to have a home in heaven. Listen, that's enough. That's all I need. But the icing on the cake is God loves us so much that he's willing to even bless us and reward us for our service. I find that mind-boggling. Why? Because Jesus did everything. And He's still willing to reward us when really we didn't do nothing but have enough sense to follow the Holy Spirit under conviction and profess Him as our Savior. And then look at the next verse. For neither did His brethren believe in Him. Here's my question. How could they be around Jesus all of that time, witness miracles, and yet not believe he was sent of God as the Christ and Messiah? You see, there was unbelief there amongst his own brethren for a time some of them finally came around but my point is seeing with their own eyes the power of God yet they didn't believe and before we get too harsh on the brothers of Jesus how many of us know people in the church that have sat for years in a pew and seen the power of God seen God move and yet haven't trusted Christ as their Savior I was told and I believe it the greatest field of evangelism is in the church itself there's people literally set for years every time the doors are open they're here they carry their Bible they set under good sound teaching in Sunday school they sit under good sound preaching and yet they're lost mm. these brothers they said that they didn't believe and you got to believe it because it's written in the word It's mind-boggling to me. But notice what Jesus said. Verse 6. Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come. You say, what's he talking about there, Brother John? He's talking about his time to go to the cross and sacrifice himself to atone for our sins. It wasn't his time yet. But his time was coming. But he was going to make sure it was at the exact time that the Father willed him to go to the cross and die for our sins. And then it says, but your time is always ready. See, our time is ready. It's now. We don't want to be indecisive. We don't want to wait. I hear it all the time by people. Oh, preacher, I'll get around to it. Right now I'm doing things. I'm busy. And I believe I got plenty of time. The only problem with that is you don't know if you do or not. Me and Erica was coming back. I picked her up the other day from school. We were coming down Jones and we come to a bus stop and there was a gentleman that had passed away at the bus stop sprawled out on that concrete sidewalk with his feet hanging off the curb. He was dead. Now, did I pull over? No, because the police had already got there. But my point is this. I'm sure when he got up that morning and he went to the bus stop to catch the bus, I'm sure the thought of him going off into eternity never crossed his mind. But when it is time and we all have an appointed time, when the Lord gets ready for us, we're gone. Amen? We're gone. We're not, you know, I. There's times I've called my doctor back and said, Oh, I need to cancel my appointment. I need to put it off till next month or next week. Listen to me. When death comes knocking, that's one appointment you'll not put off. You must be ready. Jesus said, My time has not yet come. It's not time for me to go to the cross. And endure your punishment. But your time is always. And then look at what he said. The world cannot hate you, but me it hated, because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Now, they hated Jesus. They wanted to get rid of Jesus. And they hated him for who he claimed to be and where he come from. But yet, they also hated him because of his preaching. They hated him for the word. That he proclaimed. You see, he wasn't afraid to stand up and say, That is sin. Now, listen, I've been in ministry, going on, 37, 38 years, I don't know how long. It's been a while. And I want you to understand if I preach manby, panby, soft-shoed love 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 I accept you the way you are you can live your life any way you want to you can live in sin and do whatever you want to I will not have one complaint in fact I will be patted on the back if oh, you're a great preacher but understand if I preach the Word of God and I preach the whole counsel of God, and I preach against sin and your wicked lifestyle, uh, people are going to have problems with me. But listen to me. i had rather have problems with you than problems with God who called me to proclaim the whole counsel of God. I'm not here to preach to you and pat you on the back and say, oh, you're wonderful. Live any old way you want to. No. Jesus preached the word. And he wasn't afraid or shy to share the counsel of God. And by the way, he was just preaching himself. Because he is the living word. You see, he saw all the corruption. He saw those self-righteous Pharisees telling the people one thing and doing the opposite. I'll get in trouble, but there's a lot of that today too. In pulpits everywhere. Do as I say, but not as I do. God help us. Verse 8, Go ye up unto this feast... I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. Twice, he says, my time, it's not time. But did you notice? He said, y'all go on up to the feast. I'm not coming yet. And he did go. But, He didn't go tooting his horn and saying, I'm here, I'm here. No, no, no. He was behind the crowd. But there was still a buzz because people were still talking about Christ. And people today talk about Christ all the time. You see, some believe he's a good man. Some believe he was a great teacher. I believe he was a prophet. And some even believe he lived. And he died. He's real. But that is never enough. You must place your trust by faith in Christ and Him alone. Amen. And when he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast. Not openly, but as it were in secret. Why? Because they were still looking for him. They wanted to kill him. The Jews wanted him out of the picture. The world today wants him completely out of the picture. They have drawn a red line in the sand. They don't want nothing to do with the Savior. And they definitely don't want want anything to do with the gospel. What a shame. Because He is the only hope. He's it. And I'll tell you something else. Didn't make Him too popular. He preached salvation was only in him and him alone. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me. Sad. People can't accept that fact today either. Oh, there's got to be more ways to heaven. There's one way and and believe me we as baptists aren't very popular when it comes to we believe that he's the only way salvation is only in him there is no other way no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved and then it says verse 11 Then the Jews sought Him at the feast and said, where is He? You say, well, preacher, it says right there, they were looking for the Savior. Yeah. To hunt down and kill. They weren't looking for Him for salvation. They were looking to get rid of Him. And the world is doing the same thing. Trying to get rid of Him. You see, When I was growing up, church on every corner, Baptist church, word of God was proclaimed. People wore it as a badge of honor, I'm a Christian. And everybody you ran into, the majority were Christians. There was a few That had loved ones that weren't saved yet. But they would always say well we're praying for them. They're going to be saved. But today. It's completely the opposite. You see most folks are even scared today. To identify themselves as a Christian. You see the devil. That's his plan. To intimidate. And discourage you to not live and stand for Christ today. See, they, the world wants you to compromise. The devil wants you to compromise. And how do you compromise? By giving in to the whelms of the world. By giving in, hey, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Lord, you know my heart. I love you. But I'm not going to share you. By not sharing Jesus, you're compromising. As a believer. You're compromising. Oh, they were looking for him. Yeah, to kill him. And notice there was much murmuring. Boy, they had to be Baptists back then. There was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, he's a good man. And yes, as I said earlier, he was a good man, but he was also God. You see, their problem was they didn't accept him as the Christ, the Messiah. And believe me, they didn't accept that he was God. And you know what the Bible says over in John 1? It says that he came unto his own and the world Received him not. He came, verse 10 before 11. He came into the world. He made the world. And yet they knew him not. And that's where we're at today. Oh, yes. Oh, he's a good man. He was more than just a man. There's so much more. But it's true, he was good. Others said, nay, but he deceiveth The people show me, in God's word, one scripture that Jesus ever deceived man. There's not. Basically, oh, he's a good man, but he deceiveth the people. He divides the people. I've heard that so many times. Oh, that that Jesus stuff is quite divisive. Nope. Not to me. Again, what is to divide us? He is God. He spoke this world into existence. He fashioned us from the dust of the earth. He breathed into us our nostrils, the breath of life. We became a living soul. What's divisive? What's hard to believe? That there is a supreme creator. What's hard to believe? Listen. The Bible says this. The psalmist said in Psalms 14, 1, The fool has said in his heart... There is no God. I'm going to go ahead and tell you: when God calls you a fool, you're a fool. <laughs> Amen. All of those atheists out there, agnostics—oh, well, there could be a God, but oh, I'm not sure. Make up your mind. Amen. It's crazy. <laughs> I'll. Never forget You know my old pastor third-grade education, but man that fella could preach and <laughs> We were witnessing right after I surrendered to the ministry he took me door-knocking with him Anyways, we knocked on the door of this fella and this fella said y'all Y'all don't know what you're talking There is no God. It's just a made-up story to keep us in line and in check. We can live any old way we want to. There's no sin. Just there's something wrong with you. If you believe there's a God and that you must be born again, there's something wrong with you. And I I just sit there because my pastor taught me when I'm speaking, you just be silent and you pray. He opened up his Bible to Psalms 14.1. And he said, well, can I say something to you? And the gentleman said, yes, whatever. What are you going to preach at me? What are you going to throw at me? He goes, did you know your name's in the Bible? And that gentleman goes, what? My name's in the Bible? I've never. He goes, the fool has said in his heart. There is no God. You're a fool. And he said, it's time that we leave. And I got up, and I'm thinking, oh, man, that guy's going to get a gun after us. And we walked out the door, and he did this. Let's go. Got in the car, drove a little farther down the lane, stopped, and went and shared the gospel with another person. Folks, there's lots of folks out there that say, Jesus isn't who he claims to be. Jesus is a deceiver. Jesus is a divider. But listen to me. He is God. He is the Savior. And let me just say something real quick about this Savior. When his time had come to go to the cross to atone for our sins. He did it out of love for you and me. He took all of the judgment that we deserved upon himself. Because of his love for you and I. And by his death on the cross, therefore... Anyone that will come before him and receive him by simple childlike faith and repentance, your sins are forgiven. Very young in my walk with Christ, I'm fixing the clothes. The old devil wasn't happy I gave my heart to Jesus. Jesus. And he would try his best to attack my mind and say, Ah, you're crazy. You went too far. You did too many bad sins. Uh, He'll never forgive you for some of those. You're fooling yourself. And it bothered me. In fact, it bothered me enough to talk to my pastor. And Brother Hill said, When you asked Jesus into your heart, did you mean it? I said, oh, yes. He goes, Jesus meant to save you. He died on the cross for that very reason. And when the Bible says as far as the east is from the west, how far is that? I said, I don't know. I'm not very good with geography, but it's a long ways. He goes, yeah, that's a lot of distance, huh? As far as the east is from the west, he will not remember your sins anymore. Once he told me that, you know what? I've never had any trouble after that. I have been redeemed. I have been forgiven. And because of what he did, I'm going to get to spend eternity in heaven. And so will you, if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior. Let's close it up. There's much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said he's a good man. Others said nay. But he deceiveth the people. Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. This is what breaks my heart. There were those there that had seen the miracles. They had seen Jesus with their own eyes. And they literally, some of them thought that he was the Christ. But because of fear from the others, the Jews, the ones that wouldn't believe, they kept it to themselves. Child of God, may we never keep the witness of our Savior to ourselves. Don't be intimidated by Satan. And don't let the world try to conform you to their way of thinking. That's what they're trying to do. The devil wants us to conform. To, uh, conform. Understand. You see, if we conform, the devil's one. Remember this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, in close, I pray. Everybody here knows who this man is. I pray you've done something with him. And what I mean by that, you've called upon him for salvation. But just in case you haven't, I pray you'll take advantage right here, right now, this morning, when the invitation is given and he's dealing with your heart, you will come. Bow before him and ask him to be your Savior. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. Thank you for your word. Pray, Lord, you'll just... uh, Speak to hearts. Pray, Lord, that I've preached the gospel, that your spirit has been moving. Father, I don't know the spiritual condition of those that are here, but you do. There is a need. I pray they'll come. Because, Lord, I know you're a God that meets the needs of your people. So, Father, have your way during the invitation. We love you and we praise you and we thank you most of